Welcome to Insight Exchange, presented by LEK Consulting, a global strategy consultancy that helps business leaders seize competitive advantage and amplify growth. Insight Exchange is our forum dedicated to the free, open, and unbiased exchange of the insights and ideas that are driving business into the future. We exchange insights with the brightest minds of the day, the most daring innovators, and the doers who are right now rebuilding the world around us. As any subscription-based business knows, customer churn can be a major break on growth. Not only are customers expensive to replace, a common rule of thumb is that acquiring a new customer costs five times as much as keeping an existing one. But new customers can also be harder to cross-sell and upsell to. That's why growth-minded businesses place extra emphasis on customer retention and existing account monetization. While many organizations have a good grasp on how they perform on retention or cross-sell and upsell, a key challenge is knowing when a customer is likely to take either kind of action so you can respond accordingly. Real-time predictive analytics can be the answer to minimizing attrition, maximizing cross-sell and upsell, and ultimately driving significantly improved revenue metrics. In this episode, we'll discuss how churn and cross-sell and upsell affect net revenue retention, how to gain foresight on customer behavior, building intervention events to change outcomes, overcoming data silos for greater insight, and improving your customer retention and profitability. To provide insights on these topics, let us welcome Dominic Perret and Nick Barker. Dominic and Nick, please take a moment to introduce yourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ben, and absolutely delighted to, to be having this conversation with you both today. Uh, I'm Dominic. I'm a partner in LEK's technology practice set out here in San Francisco. I spend a ton of time focused on topics around commercial excellence and optimizing go-to-market strategies for predominantly B2B SaaS companies, uh, and obviously a huge part of the opportunity uh, for those organizations is around improving their net revenue retention, right? So driving improvements in cross-sell, upsell within existing accounts, but also minimizing churn and churn and attrition. So this is a topic that we are you know, really excited to talk about. We think there's a ton of opportunity here. We think there's a huge amount of potential to leverage more advanced data and analytics techniques to really drive improvements in these metrics. and. Yeah, very much looking forward to, to chatting through today and being able to collaborate uh, with yourself, Ben, and obviously Nick in the, the data analytics team as well. Awesome. Well, I can jump in now. So thank you so much, Ben and Dominic. Great to be with you both today. And uh, hello to, to everyone listening. Uh, my name is Nick Barker. I'm the director of data analytics at LEK in the US. So what that means is I oversee our team of data scientists data engineers, and advanced analytics specialists. And we spend most of our time working with clients, helping them get the most value out of their data. And you know that could take many forms from building predictive models, setting up data infrastructure, helping them work through geo geospatial analytics optimization, or helping them think about and deploy AI. So the, the subject at hand today, subscription optimization, is one I have a lot of experience in. I'm excited to give the, the listeners a bit of a flavor of that today. 
huge part of this is helping clients, you know, access and drive value from that vast data that they're collecting and being able to, to leverage advanced data science techniques and, and, and machine learning to help, help glean insight. So looking forward to it. Fantastic. Well, thank you both. I think to get started, let's talk a little bit about how churn and cross-sell and upsell affect net revenue retention. Um, and to start out, maybe how can a company increase its net revenue retention and improve its long-term success? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to, to dive in on this one, Ben. Um, and, and maybe before we actually dive into what some of those opportunities look like and how organizations can go about improving net revenue retention, NRR, probably helpful just to spend a, a couple of minutes up front here defining what that actually means and what the metric represents and what the various building blocks are for, for that formula. So if we think about a subscription business, right, any organization, typically SaaS organizations, there are some critical elements of, of growth for, for that business. So if we start with what we call the starting MRR, so monthly recurring revenue, and then we add in what we call uh, expansion related to existing accounts. This might be selling more of the same products and services to existing customers. It may be um, actually expanding the set of solutions and products that you sell. So really talking about here driving cross-sell, driving, driving upsell. And then we take off a couple of, couple of pieces uh, from that equation as well. So we take off what we call contraction or downsell. So you may have accounts where you're seeing churn in licenses or you're seeing a reduction in the features and functionality that are being used and purchased by those customers. And then we have another element that we take off, which is just churn itself. So this is customers that we had at the start of a period that we then, that we then lose over the, over the course of that period. So it's effectively, you know, we take our starting MRR, we add our expansion, the expansion spend, we remove the contraction of spend. And we remove the churn, and then we divide that by the by the starting MRR. So that is fundamentally the obviously the mathematical formula for for net revenue retention. But there is so much that is inherently tied up within that very simple formula that can drive growth for a business, but can also be a significant hindrance to growth. Right. So if you're losing customers, if your customers are utilizing your platform to a lesser extent, that's obviously going to be a, a drag on drag on your growth. So and what we find across organizations is that actually a lot of a lot of decision makers have a pretty good sense of how they're tracking on those various metrics. They may even understand, you know, why they're tracking to a certain extent on those metrics, right? What is it that's causing churn at a high level or where are they able to see cross-sell and upsell success? But oftentimes what we find is that organizations are not very well positioned to derive a deeper understanding of insights associated with NRR. So are they able to predict which, count, which accounts are those that are most likely to, to churn? Uh, are they able to identify where there's the greatest upsell and cross-sell opportunity? And where we think there's a real opportunity here, and we've you know, obviously assisted certain clients with these questions and actually built predictive analytics engines for them is utilizing their data to a better extent to actually identify those areas of improvement. We'll obviously dive deeper into that today and, and Nick will 
we'll go into some of the specifics there around the, the predictive analytics. But there's you know, real opportunity to leverage inherent knowledge that exists within the organization and combine that with really rich data sets that organizations are oftentimes sitting on and not necessarily utilizing to the, to the greatest extent. And it's that combination of using the knowledge that the business has and that the business is able to, to bring to the table with that data to really drive improvements on that metric. So not just tracking churn, for example, or having a relatively good sense of maybe what the next customer or the next two, three customers are that are likely to churn. But what events do we see have high correlations with churn, maybe six, 12 months down the line? And how can we intervene in, in those events? And similarly with cross-sell and upsell, what customer behavior do we believe translates to greater opportunities to drive increased ARR within existing accounts? So we think this is a really exciting opportunity for a lot of different organizations. And we think there's real potential here to move the needle on what is fundamentally a, a critical critical lever for growth. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, Nick, I'm, I'm a little curious, you know, how can organizations gain predictive insights into customer behavior? If you could talk us through the mechanics of that a little bit. Certainly, certainly. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's one that we get asked often by our clients. I think once organizations start to have the, the building blocks in place in terms of their, their data and infrastructure, in my opinion, at least, being able to get predictive and, and prescriptive insights out of their data should, should really be the goal for those firms. I think, as, as Dom mentioned, many decision makers may have an inherent sense of who may be likely to churn or who may be good candidates for upsell or cross-sell. But we're now in a position where we can really use data and advanced techniques to get much more precise and much more targeted on that. So organizations that have rich historical data, they're starting to get the data infrastructure in place, can really start to, to utilize advanced techniques to predict this behavior. So if we maybe go a little bit more into the, the, the mechanics of, of how this works, you can imagine for... For subscription businesses, when they look at their past transaction data, their past subscriber data, they can use that to identify patterns and trends. For, for instance, if they look at all their past customers that may have churned, they can begin to look at what characteristics did they have in common or what behaviors did they start to observe for those churning events. And then they start to kind of understand future behavior. And in a, in a similar way, if you're looking for customers that may be you know, ripe for, for cross-sell, you can start to look at, okay, historically, when we've done cross-sell, you know, what kind of characteristics did those customers have in common? You know, what behavior did they do that, that, that meant they were, a, they were a good target? And so you can start to, to play that forward um, to make predictions. Yeah, you know, we can obviously do that. Like I can talk about it, but the the real sort of trick here is utilizing the machine learning algorithms to detect that, and then and then learn for those patterns and what they need to look out for. So, you know, the algorithm will be able to detect going forward if a customer appears to be displaying similar behavior to what it's seen in the past. It can then flag it to a stakeholder, whether it's 
you know, a marketing team, a sales team to make an intervention, and then the co company can, can react on that. So one, maybe to bring this to life a little bit, like one, one recent example is we were working with an information services company. And so it had many different customers that could log into its portal to, to, to find out information. And what it observed by looking at, at past churners was that its, its customers would begin to log in less frequently. When they did log in, they would spend less time and maybe there was less people from that org were logging in. And that seemed to be like very closely correlated with, with churn. So once we had that learning, we were able to look at all their current customers and kind of play that through the algorithm. And it would give you, you know, a set list of, of companies that you maybe need to need to talk to. Like why, why are they interacting with less with the, with the portal? And so by using the algorithm there, you, we were able to give quite concrete sort of next steps to, to engage with, with some of the customers. And, and ultimately, you know, you may be able to keep them on the platform. Um, and so that's kind of like talking a little bit more about the mechanics. We can then play that forward um, and start to build segmentations. So the, the algorithm may be able to detect certain groups that, that look similar, whether it's similar interests, similar, similar behavior, similar preferences. And you can begin to put them into sort of more discrete, actionable groups that then you can you know, deploy different types of marketing, yeah, marketing approaches with them. Maybe there's different kind of sales techniques and just get a lot more proactive with the, the accounts that maybe you're looking to um, prevent from churning or looking to, to upsell or, or to cross sell. And then I think the, the final thing I'd mentioned that I think is, is one of the really exciting things about these machine learning algorithms is once you have built them and deployed them, they are, you know, continuously monitoring all the new information. They are refining the existing algorithm and getting more accurate and more refined over time. So ultimately, the the, the predictions are going to get more precise, and so hopefully, you'll be able to make make better decisions going forward, which I think is is really exciting and valuable. Great. So, I think we we talked a lot about sort of the identification of these different customers. To shift gears a little bit, let's talk a little bit about how you can build intervention events. Um, and, you know, Dominic, I'm a bit curious how organizations can define and embed mitigation steps into their employees' workflows. Yeah, absolutely, Ben. And look, you're hitting at a critical point and a dynamic which is fundamentally very important to actually derive success from these tools, right? Where we've seen less of a success, even if you have fantastic data and even if you are able to analyze this data in its most effective manner if you don't have buy-in across the organization and if you're not embedding those recommendations into employee workflows then fundamentally you know you have this best-in-class tool that is sitting on a shelf and isn't really driving change within your organization so you know nick was obviously talking about a fantastic kind of set of analyses and how you can look at historical events to understand what is going to or what do we believe is going to drive cross-sell upsell opportunities where do we think there's churn risk but then the next step is okay well, what do we actually do with that information and how are we actually going to drive change 
you know, what we aim to do with our own clients and where we see organizations really achieving success here is driving buy-in across the organization and where you have teams that are touching the clients, right? So customer success is obviously a critical stakeholder here, really working with them and understanding early on, you know, what are the types of interventions that you're making with your clients? How do you get involved? How do you aim to, let's say you have a client where you know there's some feature or some capability which is going to drive huge value for them, but maybe you're not necessarily seeing usage today. Uh, how do you communicate to that, that to them? Uh, or if you're seeing behavior which suggests that actually, you know what, this customer, maybe they're sitting in a, in a good tier, right, in a good, better, best pricing tier, but you think there's features and functionality and capabilities within a better or a best tier that you think is really going to drive value for them. How do you initiate that conversation? How do you start driving that, that upsell journey for, for that particular customer? So what, we'll, what we do is we, you know, we obviously host workshops with the various stakeholders. Sales will be involved, obviously, customer success, and understand the interventions that are happening today. And then obviously to some of the dimensions that, that Nick was talking through, the more that we can understand which of those intervention steps actually drive change and actually have driven historical success, obviously those are the ones that we want to start coalescing around. So we actually start building a playbook for intervention and a playbook for mitigation events and steps such that we can actually use this data to then start to, start to drive change. And there are actually tools that you can build, third-party applications that you can configure and customize that allow you to actually bake this into the day-to-day -day workflow, say, of uh, the, the customer success team or the sales team, such that it flags, you know, there is a customer here that we believe is at risk of churn. This is why. But most importantly, this is what the machine and the engine is suggesting as the next step. and. Obviously, you know, there's always going to be a human in the middle here. Uh, this isn't 100% automated. I mean, obviously it can be, but we think the greatest success is with, with human intervention, and that then results in, in some intervention event. And then to Nick's point, obviously, the beauty is that all of that information then gets fed back into the algorithm and is then used to inform the next version of that intervention. So was it successful? How successful was that event? Did it prevent a, a churn event? Or did we actually see greater upsell cross as a result, as a result of that suggested intervention or, or not? And obviously the machine learns and gets smarter with, with each of those events. So there's obviously the baseline model, which suggests initial interventions. And then over time, the model improves, gets smarter, gets more targeted, understands to a better extent how different customer segments are behaving and how they will react to certain intervention events. And obviously the value just continues to, to grow and improve over time. And there's also ways that you can obviously build in experiments to help train the model to a, to a greater extent. Nick and I did that pretty extensively with a, with a project last year where we're actually designing bespoke uh, experiments that allowed the model to learn to it to a greater extent and obviously that just improves the the overall outcomes further further down the line great so it sounds like you can do quite a lot of cool things if you have all of the right data 
Um, I think the one thing that we we often hear from our clients is sort of this issue, though, around data silos. You know, they have a lot of data within one system, whether it be ERP or CRM, but it's hard to sort of be able to stitch together to get greater insights. You know, Nick, I'm curious from your perspective, what are sort of the steps that organizations can take to overcome data silos in order to gain greater insights into customer behavior? I'm really happy you brought this one up because uh, this is, I think, a very relevant question to today and, and one we do come up with, you come up against a lot. Organizations are, are so rich with data now. Um, it's being collected across all manner of systems from ERPs and CRMs, as you mentioned, to HR systems that's stored in you know separate data warehouses. There's BI systems. And that kind of is then compounded by the fact that these are often overseen by different functions across the org. So as, as you say, you know, they do become quite siloed. And so while it's great that companies are doing a better job of collecting the data, to really get the, the value out of that additional data being collected, we think you need to really be able to combine it. And that, that is really critical as we think about the subscription optimization um, piece of work. Um, you really need to be able to combine the data from multiple different platforms to create a you know single unified view that you can then use for the analysis. Being able to to bring in you know everything that the the sales team and the customer success team are seeing and is being collected in in the CRM um, to you know maybe like clickstream data like how your customers are actually interacting with your platform. Being able to to mesh that all together is where you can get the the real value. And so, yeah, to to do this piece of work, you really have to start with a extensive sort of data engineering process that starts with you know, accessing the different data in the different systems, you know, connecting into the different APIs, then building those sort of data pipelines, um, bringing it all, all together into one unified place. From then, that's where your, your data scientists can can train the model from. I think one other thing that I would add is that we can also it, enrich this internal data by bringing in external data sets to give give new angles that maybe the company wouldn't currently be able to see. Um, so if you think about some of the the government agencies that are collecting public data, you have social media scraping. Uh, clickstream data, even financial data, all these these different types of um, data sets can be brought in to, to enrich that internal data. And when that's all sort of brought together, you can really start to see uh, much more meaningful insights um, and, and hopefully get to, to better answers. So we strive to, to integrate all those different data sources together into a seamless model. Um, that's and at the first step, and then we can begin to train the machine learning algorithms to to uncover those patterns and 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 drive the insights. And then, you know, once it's from there, it's continuous monitoring, analyzing, making sure all the different data sets continue to to be flow flowing in through those those pipelines. Um, but yeah, then you're you're off to the races. Fantastic. Well, I think kind of. For the final topic that we want to discuss a little bit, it's around improving your customer retention and profitability. And more specifically, talking a little bit about 
some of the key benefits of focusing on customer retention? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, look, this topic is obviously top of mind for a lot of people, especially in the current macroeconomic situation and just the uncertainty that we're seeing seeing in the market. I think you know, the last 12, 18, 24 months were obviously characterized by huge number of growth tailwinds across very many different industry verticals and organizations were fundamentally able to lean upon customer acquisition as a major driver of, of top line growth. And I think what's really come into focus over the last three, six months is actually, you know, there needs to be a greater shift of focus and a greater emphasis on, frankly, the metrics that, that all feed into net revenue retention, right? So driving increased spend within existing accounts and uh, reducing customer attrition to the, to the greatest extent possible. And, and Ben, you obviously flagged a great data point at the top of the call, right? In terms of the benefits of improving customer economics with the customers that you already have relative to going out and, and winning, winning new accounts. And, you know, we, we, there's obviously the macro dynamics, but there's also just the, frankly, the increased cost of acquiring new customers, right? We saw a, great proliferation of tools and organizations getting smarter in terms of, you know, their use of uh, SEO, their use of ad spend, et cetera. And fundamentally, the, um, you know, the tides have just been raised across the board in terms of, you know, the degree of effort that organizations are putting behind customer acquisition. That's just becoming an increasingly diff uh, difficult avenue for growth. So, you know, we talked about some of those drivers around upsell, around cross-sell, around reducing churn. And what we've actually seen, we, we, we ran a pretty interesting regression of uh, changes in NRR relative to changes in valuation multiples. And what you see is, I think for every percentage point increase in NRR, you actually get a 0.5x increase in the, in the multiple. So you know, clearly uh, a metric of, of interest for, in, for investors and fundamentally something which which drives growth for, for an organization. And I think the, the other piece to, to keep in mind here is you know, we have a lot of clients that come to us and actually are sitting on quite rich data. And, and maybe to Nick's point, that data isn't always necessarily aggregated and combined and cleansed in, 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 in the best manner possible, which is obviously a first step even for tools such as, such as subscription optimization, but actually going down the path on, on something like subscription optimization is actually a way to get organizations excited and aware of the predictive power of their data. And we actually see organizations, if you think about kind of their own maturity as it relates to their use of data, using this as an initial way to to start leveraging their data, and then it unlocks a, a greater number of use cases further down the line. So if you think about pricing, for example, and utilizing predictive analytics around uh, driving real-time pricing optimization or optimizing prices across different channels, across different customer segments, and utilizing the data that you have inherently as an organization to test and learn and try to identify that optimal price point across across different customer groups so you know it's both obviously a huge inherent benefit just in terms of what it's focused on but then it's also got these you know kind of secondary benefits around 
getting various stakeholders within an organization excited about the potential for data and starting to think about some of the the next steps and where else they can be applying applying tools such as this. To close the conversation, we'd like to thank our expert guests, Nick and Dominic, for their discussion regarding subscription optimization. We're happy to provide more detailed discussions on request, and we invite you to connect with us to learn more about how LEK Consulting has extensive experience in providing strategic support to subscription-based and growth-focused businesses and investors tackling the issues of subscription optimization. This includes building intervention events, overcoming data silos, and improving customer retention. Thank you, our listeners, for joining us today at the Insight Exchange, presented by LEK Consulting. Links to resources mentioned in this podcast can be found in the show notes. Please subscribe or follow for future episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, we encourage you to submit your suggestions for future insights online at lek.com.